Tiki Hut Media. From Tiki Hut Media, this is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, welcome into Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jerry, and today we head back over to Manatee Life Church. I delivered a message. It's the third of a three-part series on dangerous prayers. The first week, we did Search Me, God. Last week, it was Break Me. And this week, it's Send Me. Send Me, God. Here I am. Send Me. And it's based on Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. We'll read that scripture, get into today's message after this short break on Soul Ramblings Podcast. And when I describe Manatee Life Church to other folks, I often quote the late author Rachel Held Evans, who said uh, she was talking about the kingdom of God. But I think if we replace that with the church, Manatee Life Church, we're a bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table, not because we are rich or worthy or good, but because they're hungry because they said yes, and there's always room for more. And I think that's a pretty good description of us. And I believe Manatee Life Church is a Christian community dedicated to helping people find faith, hope, dignity, and unity alongside each other. We love to throw parties, tell stories, find hope, and practice the ways of Jesus as best we can. We're at different places on our journey, for sure, but we share a guiding story, a sweeping epic drama called The Bible. We find faith as we follow Jesus and share a willingness to honestly wrestle with God and our questions and doubts. We find dignity as God's image bearers and strive to call out that dignity in one another. We all receive, we all give. We are old, young, poor, rich, conservative, liberal, single, married, gay, straight, evangelicals, progressives, overeducated, undereducated, certain, doubting, hurting, thriving, Yet Christ's love binds our differences together in unity. We envision Manatee Life Church as a place where everyone is safe, but no one is comfortable. A place where we tell one another the truth in love. A place of sanctuary for all. We extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, widowed, gay, confused, filthy, rich, comfortable, or dirt poor. We welcome those who are in recovery and those who are still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems or down in the dumps or don't like organized religion at all. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, had religion shoved down their throats as kids, or got lost and wound up here by mistake. We welcome gamers, tourists, seekers, doubters, and you at Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith. Be sure to find out more about us by going to our website, manatee.life.com. God's word for today is Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth 
is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. Good and gracious God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, welcome today to the third of a series that's actually stirring up quite a few of you. I've heard through text, emails, in person, folks are trying out these dangerous prayers. That's encouraging. And these prayers that we are praying are dangerous. They're not predictable. They're not benign. They're not safe. And what we're doing is we're learning to pray these dangerous prayers daily, not only individually, but as a church. Week one, we learned to pray, search me. Search me, God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Last week, week two, we talked about a very dangerous prayer. Probably, if you were here, I said that it was the most dangerous, in my opinion, of the three. And it was, break me. Break me of anything that keeps me from being intimate with you, God. Break me. Today... We're going to pray what is probably my favorite prayer. It's a prayer of availability. Send me. Send me. So instead of just praying, God, would you do this for me? This dangerous way of praying would be, God, what can I do for you? Not just, God, hey, do this, bless me, keep me safe. But God, I am your servant. I want to be available for whatever you might call me to do. A prayer of availability. Send me. And let me tell you, when you pray this prayer, this is what makes it dangerous. When you pray this prayer, God could direct you in a lot of different ways. He may reveal a calling in your life that you've never expected. He may lead you to stay somewhere when you just knew you were supposed to leave. He might lead you to a different job. He might call you to serve somewhere. He might turn you from a dog person to a cat person. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. But the point is, when you make yourself available to God, it's an incredibly dangerous prayer we're going to learn to pray today. Now, All throughout Scripture, if you read from the Old Testament through the New, you're going to see that God calls people. Well, what does that mean? 
Now, he doesn't pick up the phone and physically call us, although he might. Might answer your phone one day. It could be Jesus Calling. Isn't there a devotion called Jesus Calling? Yeah. It means more that he speaks to people. He prompts us. He moves us. He leads them to say something, to do something, to go somewhere, to encourage someone, to speak the truth. God will call those who know him to do something that he wants done. Now, there are different responses to God's call. I want to talk about those three responses that lead us to our dangerous prayer. Three responses to God's call. The first one, first one that came to my mind was Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God spoke and said, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. What did Jonah do? Jonah ran. He ran away from the Lord. He said, Basically, here am I, God, I'm not going. That's what he said. That was the first response. The second one is from Moses. In verse 10 of Exodus chapter 3, God spoke and said, Now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, this was something Moses would agree needed to happen. But instead of saying, sure, God, I'll go, what did Moses do? Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. Someone else would be better at this than I am. Here I am, God. Send someone else. I'm not the right person. That's a second response. So Jonah says, here I am, I'm not going. Moses says, here I am, God, send someone else. But Isaiah prays a very different and dangerous prayer and has a different response. And this is the prayer I want to talk about this morning and have us start praying. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says this. Isaiah says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Notice what Isaiah said in a prayer response back to God. Notice he did not say, well, where is it that you're sending me? Is the weather nice there? Is the climate good? What's the cost of living there? Am I going to be able to afford to live there? What's the pay? How much am I going to get paid? They offer any benefits? How much vacation time am I going to get? He didn't say any of that, right? He didn't ask for any of that. What he simply did, essentially, is he signed a contract that was a blank sheet of paper on the bottom and handed it back to God and said, Here I am. Send me. Here I am, God. Send me. Wherever it is. I don't need to tell you that's a dangerous prayer. I want to challenge you, dare you, motivate you to pray a similar prayer. Here I am, God. I'm available. Here I am. You have permission to interrupt me. You, If you want to 
send me somewhere, you want me to go somewhere, I'll go. If you want me to stay, I'll stay. If you want me to say something to somebody, I will. I'll speak. If you want me to simply be quiet and pray, I'll pray. If you want me to give something away, if you want me to use my time, whatever you need me to do, whatever it is, God, here I am. I am completely available to you. I am your servant. Here I am, God. Send me. An incredibly dangerous prayer. Because when you start praying, I guarantee you God is going to interrupt you. God will prompt you. God will move upon you. And suddenly you'll recognize God has a lot for you to do when you say, here I am, God. Send me. So how do we get there? How do we get to that kind of attitude with God? Total availability. Full surrender. Full surrender of our lives to God. Well, let's, let's look at the entire eight verses. We looked at Isaiah 6, 8. I want to go back and look at the verses that led up to that surrendered prayer from the prophet Isaiah. What do you need to fully surrender to God? I think this passage tells us three things. Number one, you need a genuine experience with the presence of God. You need to genuinely experience God's presence in your life. Verse one says, in the year King Uzziah died, he said, I what? I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. So what happened? Isaiah saw the presence of God. He experienced the presence of God. He saw him in all his majesty and all of his glory. And then the text goes on to talk about these angelic beings that are called seraphim. And all of these angelic beings were worshiping and praising the living God, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. A genuine experience of God's presence. Number two is tough. The second thing we need is a genuine awareness of our own sinfulness. In fact, I'm going to argue that one of the biggest cultural lies we tell ourselves and many people believe is, I'm a good person. You're a good person. They're a good person. We're good people. We're all good people. I'm a good person. But it was when Isaiah saw and experienced the goodness of God, he realized the badness in him. Verse 5, he cries out, Woe to me! I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm ruined. And I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. What does it take to get to a place where we're fully surrendered, fully available, fully ready to say, here I am, God, send me? What does it take? It takes genuine experience with the presence of God. It takes a genuine awareness of our own sinfulness. And number three, it takes a genuine understanding of God's amazing grace. 
when you understand just how amazing his grace is, it brings you to a point of full surrender. Verse 6, Isaiah said, Then one of the seraphim, that's one of those angelic beings, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. When he touched it to my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Then he said the amazing news, this amazing grace. He said, your guilt is taken away and your sins atoned for. With one touch from the goodness of God, his sins were forgiven and completely atoned for. Your lying lips, they're forgiven. Your self-centered thoughts, they're forgiven. Angry outbursts, forgiven. More on that next week with Pastor Jim, by the way. (laughs) Every secret sin you've never told anybody before, but God knows everything about it, forgiven like it never happened. This isn't some kind of, well, I've got to pray this prayer because, you know, Jesus died for my sins, so I've got to pray this. No, no, no. It's I get to do this. That's full surrender. Not I've got to do it. I get to do it. I get to serve Him. This is, I get to wake up. I have a day that God has made. He has given me gifts. He put me at this moment in history because at this time, I can best bring glory to Him. It's not all about us. It's about Him. Bringing glory to Him. He's going to bring people across your path that need encouragement, and you have encouragement from the Lord inside of you. He's going to have people that have needs, and He's given you exactly what they need. If you just have the courage to release it and trust God to use it, He can use me, and He can use you to meet needs. This isn't Oh, I've got to serve God. It's I get to serve God because he served and loved me through Jesus. I get to give everything I have to him. Why? Why is it, though, that this one is a dangerous, difficult prayer? Why don't more Jesus followers pray this prayer? Well, I have a theory. I can't prove it. I don't have a PowerPoint or a flow chart to, and data to prove this, but just from conversations with people I've had over the years, I think many people are afraid that God is going to make them sell everything they have and go be a missionary in Africa and never get to use a real toilet again. And as long as they live, Lord, I don't want to go over there. (laughs) Well, that may happen. It's a possibility. He may call you to be a missionary in Africa if you fully surrender to him. But it's more likely that he's going to call you to be a missionary right where you are. In your workplace. In your neighborhood. Because that's holy too. It's more likely that he's going to call you to serve the people that are right there in front of you day in, day out. 
to be faithful with what he's already given you. A lot of, a lot of times, God calls you to stop and listen to someone who's hurting. There have been times someone in this very room has poured out their pain to me and I had no words. I didn't know what to say. But I just listened. It's the best thing I could have done in that moment. There have been times I've been on the flip side of that where I've poured out my pain to someone and they had no word to say to me, but they were listening ear. And that's what God knew I needed at that moment. He called that person. That person said, here I am, God, send me. God, a lot of times, will call you to just reach out and give something to someone who's in need. My wife, Beth, is... God, I think, is has got a, a hotline phone to Beth because when she sees someone in need, a lot of times I don't even notice, but she sees someone in need, whatever she has, she meets that need in the best way she can. She used to keep little snack packets that she made of in little Ziploc bags. She kept a handful of them in the back seat of the car. And when she would run across homeless folks at intersections holding up signs, she would just reach out and give them one. Is that huge in the grand scheme of things? Well, some would say not. That homeless person thought it was the biggest part of their day. It met a need. They were hungry. She had some food to give. Could be paying for a single mom and four kids lunch at the drive-thru. Not a big thing. She would say, no, that's a real big thing. And God would say, that was a big thing because you were faithful and obedient and surrendered to me. When you do enough little things and are faithful to God, you may wake up one day and realize that the little things were actually very, very big things because you've been faithful to God day after day, day after day, day after day. And when you've been faithful in the small things, he trusts you with even more big things. One day you're excited. God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I don't know what he's going to prompt you to do, but when you truly start saying yes to Jesus, you're going to recognize he's calling you to do more and more and more because you are his hands and you are his feet in the world. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Here I am, God. I'm yours anywhere, anytime. How do you get to the place where you've got the courage to pray this dangerous prayer? How do you get there? Truly experience the presence of God. Truly recognize your own sinfulness. Truly experience the amazing grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. When that happens, you don't just try to. You get to give your whole life to God. Some people will say, like Jonah, 
Here I am, God. Oh, I'm not going there. Some people will be a Moses. Here I am, God. Oh, send someone else. Are we going to be different? Because we're going to experience him and experience all that he has to offer by saying, here I am, God, send me. I pray that that is the prayer of not only our individual lives, but of the life of Manatee Life Church. Here we are, God. Send us. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that we would have the courage to pray the dangerous prayer. Here I am, God, send me. Father, I thank you in advance for all the ways that you're going to speak, and I pray that when you tell us to stop and help someone, that we will be obedient to you, that we will be faithful in the small things, and that you will trust us in the big things. Here we are, God, your church, ready to love this world, ready to serve in the church, as the church, to show the love of Jesus. Here we are, God. Send us. Send us. We surrender all to you. Amen. This one was a tough one for me. Because there were several times in prepping Pastor Jim can tell you this happens where the Holy Spirit checked me. I had to check myself, as they say. And there were several times I went, ouch. But it's the truth. It's the truth. We are just beginning the process of taking some big risks here at Manatee Life Church. And I believe our big risks will be rewarded. I believe what we ask for is possible. And if you're ready to see a spark in your life and in the life of this church here at Manatee Life Church, I encourage you, I, I dare you, I dare you, pray boldly, pray daringly, pray with fire, and pray, search me, Break me, send me. Search me, God. Break me, God. Send me, God. And remember, God is listening to our dangerous prayers. Go in peace. All right, there you go. Like I said, this was a tough one for me to do. Send me, Lord. Send me, God. Here I am. Send me full surrender and going wherever God sends you whether that's across the world or across the street. You can check out Manatee Life Church online, manatealife.church. Link in the show notes of this episode. And we live stream our services every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time. You can get social with us on Soul Ramblings Podcast by going to our Facebook or Instagram pages and follow us there. Links are in the show notes. And wherever you're listening today, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, so many places you can listen to us. Wherever you're listening to us right now, click subscribe and you'll never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. 
I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. And here is a last piece of advice for you. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'm Jerry Wicker. Until next time on Soul Ramblings Podcast, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Mm-hmm.